Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. Thank you, Lord.
longer than that, right? The presence of the Lord is so awesome. We're so glad to have his presence for whatever the needs are today. Perhaps you have some specific needs in your life and we definitely wanna make room to be able to touch heaven for you. If you're here today and you have need of healing in your body, maybe just show your hand, raise your hand where you are. Yes, need healing in your body. Yes, you can put your hands down. How many need healing in your finances today? have a need in your finances. God cares about that. How about uh, school, some type of school, college, that kind of thing. Yes, he's got two hands up back there, yeah. God cares about that. How about your job, a promotion, some, something to do with your job, amen. The Lord cares. How about housing? Trying to think of all the bases. You need the Lord to help you with when it comes to housing. He cares about, he said, bring in everything in everything, so the things I didn't even think of today. God cares about those things for you, your relationships, your family, your friends, they're all so important and we care about them. And so Father, we just thank you for every hand that's raised and those watching online and we just ask you, Lord, Lord, we feel your presence just settling on this place today and we just ask you to touch them at the point of their need, whatever their need is. Pour out your anointing and your spirit upon them, Lord, as we're here a little longer in your presence, Lord, and we thank you. We receive it. Now just take time to receive. If you raised your hand, now say, I receive what I raised my hand for. Amen. Say it again. I receive what I raised my hand for, amen. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You might be seated. What a great day. We had a, a great time in the first service and looking forward to this service. Thank you for coming. And we just know the presence of the Lord is here and you're just gonna receive what I call a combination of inspiration and information. That's what we're doing today information and inspiration. That's the way to go. That's the good winning pair. And you know, I guess in lots of ways, life is kind of like football since we're thinking about football today and Super Bowl. And if you saw our movie in the scene, how many saw our movie before? So remember in the scene where the, all these men come and they confront uh, my husband and say, you're out. And he, he gets kicked out of kicked out of the game, you might say. Well, we were living in Kansas City. It, that's where we lived when that very scene happened, just so you know. We were in Kansas City. And so, for that reason, I'm going for the Chiefs, because I'm not going to let Kansas City hold me back. I'm going to just push right through, right? So, life's like football in a lot of ways. I guess a lot of families, when they're planning their family, when they have their child, and by the way, this teaching is for everyone. Does, if, you're, if you are single, married, old, young, divorced, widowed, it doesn't matter. This teaching, every single thing I'm gonna tell you is for you too. It's not just about parenting, but today the emphasis is on parenting. And so that's why we are gonna teach on parenting. But life is kinda like football, I think. Uh, you know, everybody, they're, the big thing they want is the touchdown. You know, in families, they want, they want everything to be a touchdown. But you know what? Sometimes 
You gotta settle for a first down. You know, sometimes you have to settle for a first down, and really, a first down means that you're gonna get four more chances. If you know anything about football, you get four more tries. And so you, then you go off that first down, and then you don't get it, and then your second, second down, you still got a ways to go. Third down, you start panicking. And depending on where you're on the field, was that me? I'm not a robot, I promise, it's not AI. I have blood and skin, right. And then the third down, you panic a little bit, depending on where you are on the field, and you might have to settle for what? A field goal, you're right, Ethan, that's right. You might have to settle for a field goal, but you know what? That gives you three points. And you know what, you start back again, the enemy kind of seems like he's winning, but then eventually you're gonna get it back. And that's how it goes, life is like that. And so, so today, I'm gonna teach on the topic, family is forever. Everybody say, family is forever. Something is doing this and I don't know what. But, I'm sorry, maybe I shouldn't move. <laughs> so, um, in Joshua, Joshua says in chapter 24, it's the passage that says, fear the Lord and serve who you will. Serve whomever you will. And then he goes on to say, for me and what? Okay, say it again. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that is the declaration today that we all want to begin our lives with. We got a young married couple. Congratulations here on the second row starting out their life. That's it's great. They got married in Columbia. Yes. And they she's a, a daughter of the house. She grew up here, went to school here, graduated here. It's beautiful. And that we love that. Just like Justin and Amanda grew up here as little children, went to school here, and now they're serving the Lord. And that's what we want for you and your family, because family is forever. And we know we're all, as God's children, that we're going to eternally be a part of the family of God. And it's beautiful. Whatever we lacked in our natural family, God makes up for in the family of God. I do believe that. So... Choose you this day whom you will serve for me and my house. And that's where we're going in this teaching that I'm calling the Ten Commandments of Parenting. The Ten Commandments of Parenting. Let us pray. Father, thank you, Lord, that you have called forth and ordained in your word every way that we should live, everything that we should abide by. Father, we thank you today that you're over our families, you're over our children. We entrust you with everything that we have. Lord, because we have no one other, our faith is in you. We ask your, you to guide us today through this teaching in Jesus' name, amen. So it looks like I'm gonna be holding a microphone. So, so number one, everybody ready? Take notes. By the way, this teaching I wrote the Ten Commandments of Parenting, which I'm working on a book, and these Ten Commandments of Parenting are in my book briefly in Broken Child, Broken Girl, Broken Woman. If you haven't read it, I do have the 10 things listed, but 
There's no elaboration because there wasn't time and it wasn't about that in the book. So number one, verbalize your thoughts and feelings to your children. Verbalize your thoughts and feelings to your children. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 through 11 says, God didn't set us up for an angry rejection, but for salvation by our master, Jesus Christ. He died for us, a death that triggered life. Whether we're awake with the living or asleep with the dead, we're alive unto him. So speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope on, or you'll be so that you'll be together in this. No one left out, no one left behind. So parents, make sure that you speak love and tell your children, verbalize how you feel. And I do believe that they get so much influence from social media, from television, from kids at school. They get lots of input about who they are and whether they're accepted or not, but the place they need to hear that, the love needs to come from the home more than just what you do, parents. It's important that you verbalize your feelings to your children. And I do believe the, the words, I love you, have been used so much that I would even go so far as to say, add something to that statement. I love you because you are so obedient. I love you because you're so smart. I love you because you always know how to make me smile. Whatever or not make me. We shouldn't be attaching anything about what makes us. They were making it about us. I take that one back, okay? <laughs> so, yeah, really, you have to think when you are making decisions and you're, when you're over a group of people, whatever it is, you have to stop and think, is this about me or is this about them? So I correct myself on that. But I love you because, and see, that lets them become more confident, and you'll see whatever that attachment is to that I love you, you'll start seeing more of that in the home because you have acknowledged it and you have validated it in their life. So amen, amen. Hey, this works in marriage, too. This works in marriage. My husband, his love language is words of affirmation. Lots of words of affirmation. <laughs> That's not my love language. So I work hard to say lots of things. You know, things that I wouldn't say if I didn't know that was my husband's love language. But I speak that because that's his love language. Mine's acts of service. That's my primary love language is acts of service. Hey, you love me? Do something for me. <laughs> That's what I'm just saying. Yeah, that's how I know it. Right. Okay, so verbalize your thoughts and feelings. Number two, allow their opinion to be heard without cutting them off and telling them they're wrong. Listen to the whole story before you butt in and say, no, 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 not now. No, I don't have time. No, that's not what's happening. Let's just say you planned a wonderful day to go to the game room and to ride go-karts today, and they don't know it yet, and it's Saturday morning. And so they get up and they go, hey, mama, I got a great idea. Why don't we go to Magic Kingdom? 
And if they say that, some parents are like, no, 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 you don't know. Don't, don't, I don't want to hear that. No, we already have plans and here's what we're doing. And then they're not listening. Just listen to their ideas. It's important that we listen to the ideas and not cut them off. And they may be irrational ideas. They may, may not be ideas that you could actually do. I know that when Zoe was little and she would come and spend the weekend, she actually thought like in one day, like we'll go out to a restaurant to eat and then we'll run over to Magic Kingdom. Then we'll go to the mall. And then after that, we'll go to the game room. And you can't do all that stuff in a day. But I just listened to her say all those things. And I would say, that sounds so fun. I said, okay, let's go. Let's start out. Let's start out here. And we'd start out there. And she would quickly see, you know, you couldn't do those things. But, and sometimes she didn't even mention the others once we got involved in what we were doing. Now, when they're older, it becomes a little more difficult. And you can explain things like time travel time, those things. But when they're little, just listen to them. It's, it may sound very irrational, but it is, they feel so important when you're listening to them. Just the, to know that you're hearing what they say, even if later you have to correct it. And I'm not saying you may not have to correct it later, but just make sure that they know they are heard. James 1 and 15 says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let us be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. So listening is a very wonderful skill. It's a blessing to people that love to share. It's a blessing to know that they have an audience, and especially to little children. It's amazing how small children are so innocent, and they, they haven't learned the concept of conditional love yet. <laughs> I mean, we teach them that. We're the ones that teach them conditional love. Well, the way we look, the way we talk, the way, the way we hold back when we think they're not measuring up, we're the ones that teach conditional love, and there's no getting around that. So let's just all agree on that. But that innocent little unconditional love, when they're so small and they just run up and they just run into your lap and just kiss you and hug you and hold you, no, no matter what's going on in your life, when they're little like that, that's the reaction you're going to get from them because they don't know any better yet. They haven't learned those adult things yet, right? So I remember, Amanda, when we were in uh, Honduras, and you were with me because I remember we were on the basketball court that we had just made, and we took hundreds of Barbie Band-Aids and Ninja Turtle Band-Aids. We had hundreds that were donated to our missions group. And so we invited. Now, there's a place that we call the dump. We, we call it lovingly. We're not in any way making fun of it. It just became the name of the place that our missions team ministered to because they actually live on a garbage dump, and they still do. But we would go there, and we would get the kids to line up and they all lined up and would show us if they had a little sore or something. And we'd put a Barbie Band-Aid or a Ninja Turtle Band-Aid. And I mean, before the day over, I'm not, it was over, I'm not kidding. They had Band-Aids all over their bodies. Because <laughs> they were wanting attention. They were, they were innocent. It was innocent. They were wanting that love. They wanted somebody to just give them love. And sorrowfully, one boy that walked by that wanted a Ninja Turtle Band-Aid actually 
We took him to the emergency room because they said they would have taken his foot off if someone had not intervened. He, he didn't have money, and living in that garbage, his foot was rotting off. I'll tell you something I don't think you know. That boy is a grandfather now. Can you believe it? We've got him on video. He was maybe about this high when we went. Well, then he married young in life, and then he had a daughter, and she had a baby young in life. So now he's a, he's a, a grandfather, which is crazy. But they were innocent, and we, through our body language, our tone, our eyes, we actually teach conditional love, and it's a sad thing. You know, when we could be teaching and being aware of how my face looks, how my tone sounds, what my body language is saying to my child. And this works in marriages. It works in friendships. It works in jobs. It's just great straight across the board. So as Christians, we owe it to God and to his kingdom and to each other to pay attention, to use the right behavior, the right tone, the right body language. You'll get so much more out of your relationship if you approach it with the right attitude and the right way that God wants us to live. So number three, so verbalize your thoughts and feelings. Allow their opinions to be heard. Number three, never ask, what's wrong with you? Everybody say, uh-oh. <laughs> never look at anyone and say, what's wrong with you? Children interpret that literally. That's not only that something's wrong with me, but that I'm wrong. It's not a good thing to say to anyone. I, if somebody said that to me now, what's wrong with you? I'd probably start crying because it's hurtful. It's not any, in any way building anyone up. And the word says, exhort one another daily. God's word said, Hebrews 3 and 13, exhort one another daily. That's a good scripture. Every day, find something good to say about someone. Children interpret it literally. It, it lends itself to the idea that, that it's coming from you as saying, nothing's wrong with me, what's wrong with you? You see how that could be misunderstood by a child. So there's many other ways to inquire if you see something that needs addressing, such as, I see you're having some difficulty making that choice. And is there some way I can help you? Can I help you make the right choice instead of what's wrong with you? Or if they're putting something together and they don't see it, and you're like, are you kidding me? What's wrong with you? Like, like that's so obvious. So we have to be careful. Those kind of things can be in, misinterpreted by our children as condescending and as, and as us putting them down. Number four, Never say, you don't love me like you used to. You ever heard that? Anybody ever heard that? Nobody's ever heard that here. I know my husband has. Guys, <laughs> I know where he heard it when he was growing up, right? You don't love me like you used to. First Timothy 1 and 5 says, Now the end of the commandment is love out of a pure heart and a good conversation and of faith unfeigned. You see, lots of parents use what's called transference in psychology. That's where you take the wounds from your childhood, from how your parents mishandled the, the family, and you put it on your child. 
That, that's a good example. If you don't love me like you used to, you're thinking back to yourself. You're putting yourself first in that situation and not your child. So if you grew up in a dysfunctional home, you may not have developed skills to know that we change over time, that when children are growing, their hormones change, their chemical cocktail changes inside, and as a result, the expression of their love changes. Maybe they don't jump up in your lap and kiss you all, all over the face and just hold on to you and never want to let you go. But you know what? Maybe the love is even stronger because it's internal and they have internalized it rather than just externalizing their love. And so don't misunderstand it. Uh, we had a guest speaker once that said, my son would always come and sit in my lap and and." I would rock him and rock him when he was growing up. And she said, and one day when he was a man, I said, I remember when I used to do that. And she said, could you come over here and do it again? So she said, my son came over and sat down on my lap. And I said, never mind. <laughs> she pushed him away and said, uh-uh, never mind. No, she'd rather have that internal love and know that he loves her than squashing her and just trying to do what she, he, he did when he was a little child. So... The next one, where are we? Number five. Okay, avoid attaching shame and guilt to your child's mistakes. Avoid attaching any shame and guilt to your child's mistakes. 1 Corinthians 4 and 2 says, Since God has so generously let us in on what he's doing, we're not about to throw up our hands and walk off the job just because we run into occasional hard times. We refuse to wear masks and play games. We don't maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes. And we don't twist God's word to suit ourselves. So I love that scripture when it comes to parenting because sometimes parents manipulate and twist and even use God's word to get their children to do what they want their children to do. And they mishandle it. So we want to be cautious about that. I'm just going to refer for a moment to a lady named Ruby Frankie, if you've ever heard of her, raise your hand. An influencer mom that had a YouTube channel called Eight Passengers. She was married, and they had six children. This was like 10 years ago. It's not even on. They took it down because guess what? She is in prison where she needs to be. She would show YouTube videos of her little five- and six-year-old son down with a toothbrush scrubbing the grout in the bathroom. That was their, that was, and she would be talking about the shame. Look at that. Look what they did. Here's what they have to do. That is just driving shame and guilt into that child. And the whole world was watching over a million viewers. It might even be millions, but she's in prison now because she was found out. I mean, she did all these kinds of things to her kids. And for some reason, I think she felt very powerful in that position as a mom influencer that she got brave and bold and started maybe sharing the family secrets. And that's what got her in trouble. So be careful too about those family secrets. You know, some families, they have, I grew up in it. I know the power of it where your parents say, you don't tell anybody what goes on in this house. That's what our father would say, and we didn't dare. And actually, people thought we had a cool family. I mean, we, we could, Michael and I could sing. We made a record. We were on TV on the weekends, and people thought we had a good life, and they didn't know what was going on behind the scenes. 
because of the secrets. So I will say the more secrets you the more secrets you live with regarding your behaviors, the more devastating the reveal. In the end, when it is revealed and people find out, people are shocked. So the more secrets that you have within your own private self or your family, the harder it is and more devastating to the people that love you in the end. So verbalize your thoughts and feelings. Allow their opinions. Never ask. I'm not going to do all that. That's what he does when he preaches. If you ever noticed, he goes to, okay, number one was this. He wants to make sure we know it, but just watch it on YouTube. And we'll skip over that for now, okay? Number six, and this could be number one, establish the rules in advance. Okay, you guys are just starting out, so you got, you got a good chance to be in, in a good place with this. Decide what are our core family values. Here's what we live by, and you explain that to your children, this is what we believe. This is how we speak to one another. This is how we ask for something. This is how we do our family. This is what the Smiths do. This is what the McNeils do. And drive that in. Again, every time you say, this is what the McNeils do, you are solidifying Malachi, that I'm part of something. Just like the song we were singing, I'm part of a family. Yes, we're part of God's family, but let that flow over to your individual family as well. Amen? So Proverbs 22 and 6, establish the rules, train up a child in the way he should go. So parents, you're trainers. You are to train them in the way they should go. As my husband used to preach, he said, you don't just give the child a toothbrush and a tube of toothpaste and tell them to brush their teeth. You, you get a toothbrush, you get a tooth tube of toothpaste, and you show them, here's what you do. You put it on here, and here's what you do. You brush your teeth. And so that's how you train a child is you're there with them. You're not just telling them, watch this video or, or listen to your Sunday school teacher. You are training your child. You even show them examples of what to do, and then you get them to repeat those examples. It works. Establishing guidelines in advance along the way and with consideration to the age of the child. And this will vary over time. But the, see, the principle, are you getting it? It stays the same. The principle stays the same. It doesn't matter what the age of the child is or the friend that you're in a relationship with or the person at work. It just goes across really all types of relationships. So each family must develop their own set of core values. And we have a, a little skit to illustrate this. <laughs> What's so funny? Nothing, just nothing, okay? What, is she, what does she have? A paper. A paper? Let me see it. <gasps> Sydney Jordan? Who is Jerome? It's just a kid in my class. He, I was trying to be nice to him, so I lent him a pencil. And then he gave me that note, and he put his phone number on it and told me to call him. And so you think that's funny? What, what does our family stand for? What do we say about strangers? Never, never talk, talk to strangers. strangers never take anything from strangers. And never go with strangers. Good job on remembering that, but I think you forgot it today when you took 
a phone number. God knows what he had in mind if you would have called him. You are grounded for one month. Go to your room. Adelaide, you can go play with your toys. Okay, so there we've got a lot going on, right? You know, favoritism, all kind of stuff. Okay, but now here, let me give you your note. Here we go again. Take a deep breath. This is the proper way. <laughs> hey, guys, what's so funny? Oh, I wanted to show you this. There's a new kid in my class, and I was just trying to be nice to him. So I loaned him a pencil, and he gave me this note in return, but we just opened it right now, and I thought that it was gonna be a thank you note, but the only thing that was on there was his number. Oh, whoa. Thank you. Thank you for sharing this with me. I appreciate it so much. Yes, I do. I appreciate you too. You're a good sister. You know what? But you did break one of our core values in our family. Remember what those are? What are those? Never talk to strangers, never take anything from strangers, and never go with strangers. So really, if we're going to stand by those values, I'd like you to go to the dining room and just take 15 minutes to yourself and think about that. And then the next time, what would you say? No, thank you. All right. What would you say? No, thank you. All right. You're learning. Good. Okay. Isn't that great? Can you see how the atmosphere, the atmosphere is two different atmospheres. One, the mom's this angry mom, and she's just almost attacking them anyway. Like, she's already suspicious. What are you laughing at? You know, she's already got the energy charging the room, which is from her own stuff. I mean, it's not a life surrendered to the Lord. I mean, you should be so glad when your children come home. Take time to listen to them. Listen to what they have to say. But great job on the skit. Wasn't that great? They did a great job. So number seven, set up the consequences in advance. This is simple. It works. I don't care if they're two or if they're 18 or some kids still living at home in their 20s. So if, they're, if they are, it still works. This still works all the way around. Set up the consequences in advance. It's wise to instruct in advance rather than react after the fact. Really? Grounded for life. You're grounded for life. You know, when you find out something. Listen, if you had planned in advance what the consequence would be, and it would be according to the mistake or according to the problem, then you already know, you have an idea of what the consequence is going to be. It's, it can't be the same consequence for everything in your life. It's according to their age. It's according to the depth of the situation. It's according to the moment. It you're going to know as a parent when you live by these commandments when it is a right time and what is the right extent. If you grew up in a dysfunctional home, you're going to have to stop and take a minute to think before you react. And so that's very important. It's preposterous to just on the fly come up with a statement like you're grounded for life. And I have heard parents that said they have said this before out of frustration or shock or amazement. Yes, and we all should have room to be amazed and shocked at times in our lives. We're people, but we can also turn it around and 
apologize if we have made a mistake. Apology is a big part of parenting. You know, maybe you have your own stuff going on when you say grounded for life over something they've done as a teen. Maybe it's your own stuff going on. Maybe you were promiscuous at that time in your life and you have fear that your child's gonna repeat it. So maybe it's time for a talk. You know, ask the Lord about it. Maybe it's time for a talk. So where are we? Eight, check your heart to ensure you're not acting out of pain and hurt from your childhood. Proverbs 4 and 20, my son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto thee, life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So it's important that your heart is pure when you're addressing your children at all times. It can really turn a family situation into something disastrous. It can lead to depression in our children. They're so, um, they're so malleable that everything can impress them greater than you can imagine. It's not just light words you're speaking sometimes. They receive it as intense and meaningful, and so they can misinterpret it. So here we have another illustration of behaviors and misbehaviors. That was daddy that called, so he can't be here for five more minutes. So, okay, I'm done. I'm going to my room. Uh, excuse me, Miss Fancy Pants? Sit right there. Now, first of all, where did you get that attitude? And you better watch how you talk to me. Do you hear me? You hear me too? Yes. You talk to me nicely. You say, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. And what are you supposed to say when you get up and leave the table? May I be excused? And how are you supposed to say that? May I be excused, please? That's right. And listen, you don't know what it was like to grow up hungry and to not have enough food to eat. So I want you to eat every bite of food on that plate. And then I'll tell you when you can go to your room. Do you understand? Not if you don't act like her. Okay, so now we're going to go the right way. I hope this is not family, uh, like watching a family home movie. Okay. <laughs> so girls, daddy's not going to be home for five more minutes. Are those good chicken nuggets? All right, I'm done. I'm going to my room. Uh, excuse me, sweetheart. Is there a better way you could have said that? May I be excused? You may, but you know what? I don't think you really ate enough food. Thank you for saying, may I be excused, but I'd like you to eat a few more bites. Is that okay with you? Yes, mama. It's mommy. <laughs> That's right. It's mommy. All right. Thank you, girls. Love you. Love you. All right. So there was a good way and a bad way. You see how the vibe changed? Totally. Mom's relaxed. She's not, she's not uh, defensive. We don't know what her day's been like. Maybe she hasn't had a good day, but she's taken time to use the right attitude. So always remember to check your heart. Now, you might have a challenging child. What if you have a challenging child? You're like, but you don't know my, you don't know my son. 
you don't know my daughter because they're going to be like, I want to go to my room and I don't want to eat. And no matter what you're saying, now what do we say? I don't care. I don't want to eat. Well, you got to set these consequences up in advance. If you don't set them up in advance, you won't know what to do if you're faced with a challenging child. I would say in this situation, you separate the two desires. First of all, deal with, may I be excused, and just focus on that and leave the other part off about, I want you to eat some more. I would just deal with that first little portion. And then once you get that, then you can just flow into and I need you to eat a couple more bites. And then it's not this long, arduous, you want to say, excuse me, please, and you have to eat, and you have to, and they're just going like, nah, 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 nah. It, it, it never ends for them, you know? And I'm telling you, it works no matter how old they are. I'm going to use Ethan and Elisha, both of you, come up. Come on up. Okay, and we have not practiced this. So, Elisha, thanks for being such a good boy. You know what? Tonight, we all get to go see that fun new movie that's out. Does that sound great? Okay, so first, I want you to do your homework, and then I want you to clean your room for me. And if you do that, then we are really going to go see that movie. If you decide not to do that, and then I go in at 6 o'clock and it's not done, I'm sorry, but we won't be able to go. Now, what did mom just say? <laughs> <laughs> to do your homework and do your chores. Mm -hmm. And you will be able to go to the see the new movie. Good job. Thank you. Good job. I'm glad you understand that. So, Ethan, I'm so excited you got your license. That's so amazing. <laughs> You got, this is a, we're acting, okay? We're pretending. Okay, so glad you got your license. It's great, and you're a good example to your brother. I thank you for that. And so, you know, we're, I'm gonna let you drive tonight to Icon because you got your license. Your dad and I talked it over. Now, if you do your homework and if you clean up your room and take out the trash, then you're gonna be able to drive tonight to Icon. No one can ride with you or anything but you'll be able to drive to Icon. And, but if you don't get those things done when it's time to leave, then I'll drive you. So what did mom just say? To do your homework, take out the trash, and then you can go to Icon. But if you don't do it, then you will take me. Well, I'm glad we have an understanding about that. And I look forward to you being able to drive. God bless. Okay, guys. Go ahead. Go ahead. So do you see what I mean by it? You can make it simple, or you can be like, you're going to drive it car. You got to take out that trash bin. You could just, it, parents, let me tell you, this is making it easier on you. Don't tell the kids, but this is how to make life simple all the way around. Amen. Okay. And where are we? Number nine, number nine, two more. Okay. Be vulnerable when stepping into new territory as your child matures. A wise person will adjust along with the maturing child. Yes, uh, I love the scripture, Matthew 26 and 41. I'll just read the first three words, watch and pray. Watch is the natural. That's what we do in the natural. We have our eyes on our kids, who they're with, what's going on, and then we're praying. And when you put 
the watch with the prey, that's when life is supernatural and God's going to bless you and direct you and even give you discernment about what's going on. If you don't include God and you're just watching, you're, you might be suspicious about everything. But watch and pray and trust and be willing to be vulnerable as your child changes in life. These seasons of change bring a level of maturity to both the child and to the parent. We mature as our children mature. Believe it or not, we learn things. You know what, parents? You're not a teenager anymore. It's not your prom. You know what I'm saying? You ever see this lived out with people? that they missed out on things and now they're trying to make up for it by living, living their life out through their kids. No, let them live their life. Be a healthy part of it. Be a healthy part of it. Make it something beautiful, something that doesn't always point back to you. Let them start having things that affirm them and establish them as a growing up teenager that's got life before them. It, it's, it's inappropriate if they look to you too closely, and there's not a chance for them to, to move out a little. It's important to have godly perspective. God gives us the blueprint. This is a time the enemy wants to divide and separate, especially in the teen years, which we're talking about a little bit right now. The, the first place a child should get affirmation is from their father and mother in life as they're growing. And I would give a big caution to fathers and mothers as your children are developing physically, when they begin to develop physically, make sure you're not joking about it, shaming them over it, putting them condescending to them about it, make cracking jokes about it, because it can send the wrong message. They can, they can, feel, they can feel very low, and their esteem could be low because they think you're putting a value on that. So make sure you're giving positive comments about about those things they're very tender things actually to to discuss and and your child is a little awkward during those years and they don't really want people talking about it so if you've established the rules in advance and you've always been an open family it will not be as difficult to have these conversations so lastly don't allow your child to believe you have all the answers you will end up destroying them by allowing them to think that you can solve their life issues. It can lead to codependency. It can lead to a failure on their part to ever be able to make a decision themselves. And that can be passed on from generation to generation to generation. And when we are asked a question by our children that we, we really don't know the answer to, you know what you should say? Don't, you don't, don't have to say, I don't know. You just have to say, that's a good question. That's a good question. Let's find out the answer together if it is an appropriate subject. If not, you could just say, you know what? I'm going to check on that, and I'm going to get back with you. But right now, it's something I need to investigate. So it, it still leaves you in that place of authority. You haven't lost that ground in any way. Um, God is love, so do everything you do out of love. And, you know, today I just want you to know I feel you if you're struggling in this area. I've made so many mistakes and failed. I actually have two sets of parenting skills, the wrong ones that I used with Jeff and Stacy, and the, the right ones I used with our Tyler. 
And I made a lot of mistakes along the way, but I tried even, I'm the first generation, the first generation that tried godly parenting skills with even Jeffrey and Stacy. I, I always said when we got married, I'm never going to abuse my children. I'm never going to put my children down. I'm never, I said all these nevers, which I failed at at times, but it was just times. I can look back and see a handful of times, but for the most part, I tried very hard to let the Lord lead me in the way that we parented, and we worked hard on that, and you can too. And you know what? Perhaps you have failed royally, but today is a new day. We can't change what we've done. You cannot change what you've said. You can't change what you've done. There's no point in dwelling on it, but the Lord says, here's today. Make use of this day while you have it. Start today with whatever you want to change in your home, whatever you want God to do in your marriage, in your friendship, in your relationship, in your job, because he's willing right now. He wants you now to turn to him. If you haven't turned to God, maybe you've separated parenting from serving God. Come on, mesh it together today in your life. It's wonderful to let God be the driving force instead of having to do the work ourselves. Even if we know the work to do, it's easier when God is over us and he's holding the reins on every decision that we make in our life and with our family. Today, I want us to bow our heads and close our eyes. If you have realized today that you don't know Jesus personally, you have not asked him into your heart to be the Lord over you, I'd like for you to take a moment to think about that. I would like to invite you to know him today. If that's you or those perhaps that's watching online, if you're feeling that today, I need the Lord. I can't do this myself. If that's you, I'd like you to raise your hand in the room. Yes, I see those hands, yes. Actually, hands are raised in every section of the room and you can put your hand down. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. That is the great first step. Your foot is heading to the door because when you pray this prayer, Jesus Christ opens the door and you walk into eternal life. Old things are made new. You're a brand new person. So let's all pray this prayer with those that raise their hand and say, God, thank you for sending Jesus, your only son, to die for my sins. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Today, I make Jesus first and Jesus always. Come and live in my heart and I will serve you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, that's so wonderful. Now I want, I want to pray one more prayer. That's for everybody here that you want to start fresh or you want to maybe continue but tweak a little bit of what you've already been doing in your life. Or if you just say, I just want more anointing, I am doing what God wants me to do. If that's you, I just want to pray over everyone. Father, Lord, I thank you today for all these beautiful people, these beautiful friends and family, children, 
women, men, I thank you today. I ask your blessing on them in their choices. Lord, that from this day forward, they would put everything at your feet, all their decisions, Lord, to guide and instruct their families, their relationships, that you are lifted up, Lord, above all the ideas they may have, Lord, and that you're over all in their life. And we ask you this and believe it today in Jesus' name, amen. Now give the Lord a big praise. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.